Oklahoma State basketball is the prototype of a team that can go on a run in the NCAA tournament. I'm Matt Jordan with the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And despite the loss to Kansas, I do still believe that this Oklahoma State team can put on a good show and go on a run into March Madness. They have several things working for them, led by veteran players, Caleb Boone, Bryce Thompson, and then John Michael Wright coming on as of late. They're led by a coach with a lot of experience, maybe not a lot of tournament experience, but Boynton has picked up a lot of experience over the course of his seasons at Oklahoma State. They're a better defensive team than they are an offensive team, so they can rely on defense when they have an off-offensive night, and they don't rely on one player to be the majority of their scoring. Caleb Boone and Bryce Thompson uh, can both pick it up when the other one has an off night, and we've seen John Michael Wright come on again as of late. My biggest concern for them would be matching up a team like Purdue because I just don't know size-wise how well they match up with the Boilermakers. And we look at Bracketology, uh, they were sitting right at like kind of around the bubble before they kind of went on this run here. Uh, But after the big win in Ames, um, beating Iowa State in Hilton Coliseum, uh, that was a huge win. They got bumped up to the eighth spot, taking on Arkansas in the first round. And side note here, I hate Arkansas uh, almost as much as I I hate OU. Um, So would love to see an Arkansas matchup in the first round and and would hope for a, a victory. In, in that game. But uh, right now they're an eight seed. I think they're flown under the radar a little bit, but starting to pick up some notoriety uh, from, you know, the media, and we'll see what that turns out um, come, you know, bracket time when you're trying to uh, see what the committee does, and I don't always agree with what they do. They did have a tough loss, 11-point loss to KU in a game where turnovers was really the story uh, of that game. Um, KU shot really well against Oklahoma State. Um, they were better than 50%. Four players scored in double digits. Grady Dick had a career high. I felt like at the end of the first half, Dick hit that three-pointer at the end of the first half to give KU the lead. I felt like that was the moment, the momentum switch, and then KU opened up a great second half and uh, pulled away with a double-digit uh, victory. Uh, but I still like what I saw at Oklahoma State. I mean, they shot really well. They had one of their better offensive nights of the season. In, in Big 12 play, and then Caleb Boone, 27 points, Bryce Thompson, 17 points, John Michael Wright had 18 points on six three-pointers, so the team, plenty of talent, and, uh, I, I, you know, despite the loss, I did like what I saw from the team, minus the turnovers. They had 15 turnovers, KU scored 16 points off those turnovers, and Oklahoma State, on the other end, only had two steals, which is an off night defensively for the Cowboys. So, um, despite the loss, I still like what I've seen or am seeing from Oklahoma State. They had that big run. That was a big victory beating Iowa State on Saturday, and they've got a few games coming up. But you're looking, if they were to win out, and I certainly think they can win out with the way they're playing, at TCU, at West Virginia, home against K-State, home against Baylor, when they play Baylor, that could be the two hottest teams in all of college basketball facing off against each other. And then they end the season at Texas Tech. As long as you win the games you're supposed to, to win, uh, like at West Virginia and at Texas Tech, which, you know, three difficult road games, three of the last five games are on the road, and you you can get your two home victories 
uh, versus K-State and versus Baylor, I think you have a really solid chance at propelling yourself even higher, maybe as high as a 5 or 6 seed in this tournament ending up being ranked two by the end of the season. We'll see kind of how that breaks down. Um, I kind of would wonder after that win against Iowa State if they'd get there, but I think they're just right on the outside uh, looking in from, from being ranked. Of course, the loss to KU kind of hurts that a bit, but they can beat TCU and they beat West Virginia, and I don't even think they need to – I mean, at this point – as long as they don't go over the next five games, I think they're in the tournament. I know I was kind of on the bubble last week in last week's episode, pun intended there, uh, about their chances. I think I said they needed to go at least three and four uh, to, to make the tournament. I, I still think three and four gets them into the tournament, but um, if they're to lose these ranked games, TCU, K-State, Baylor, and only beat West Virginia and Texas Tech, I still think they get uh, in the tournament. Uh, now that they've kind of, uh, the way that uh, Lenardi has looked at them, moving them all the way up from like on that bubble spot to now being at the eighth spot, I think they have a really good chance um, of even getting higher, a higher seeding with picking up some key victories. So uh, my eyes will be on this game on Saturday as they take on TCU. A bad performance here could have me feeling completely different um, if they just kind of let this loss against KU affect them and they go out and lay an egg. But uh, it's all about getting hot at the right time, and they've certainly done that in the last month uh, of getting uh, playing really good, solid basketball. And if they can carry that in uh, to the Big 12 tournament through the end of the season, into the Big 12 tournament, and into the NCAA tournament, I really like their chances. I like the way they play basketball. I like the way they focus on the things that they focus on, good defensive intensity, uh, and you know, defense creates offense. And I think that's a, a good way to be a successful team in the NCAA tournament. We've seen a lot of teams that have kind of, you know, heated up at the right time, figured it out at the right time, that led by defense, had multiple players that can uh, contribute, have really good success, go on really good runs in the NCAA tournament. So I'd like to see if Oklahoma State can be one of those teams, and I do think they, they can. Um, but, yeah, you, you finish the season, and right now, I mean, everything is so close. Uh, if some things shake out, you can certainly pass K-State uh, in, in the Big 12 standings. You already are one game up or a half game up on TCU. You're three games up on West Virginia, so you're in a pretty good spot in the Big 12. But uh, you beat K-State uh, coming up if they don't lose anymore. And, of course, that OU victory against K-State was big for Oklahoma State as well. So both teams kind of stay right there at 7-6 uh, and six and two games out of uh, of first place there. So some things happen, some things shake out. You know, you beat Baylor. Baylor currently one of the teams tied for first at 9-4. and four. If you went out and uh, some other things happen, Oklahoma State could see themselves being one of the top two or three teams in the Big 12 alone. Uh, they have the, the season sweep against Iowa State that they've already secured only a half game back of them. They they play Baylor still. They have TCU who they're a half game ahead. They still have to play K-State. And then, of course, West Virginia and Texas Tech 
are uh, kind of on the, the back burners for them being uh, a few games behind. Texas Tech 4, West Virginia 3. Um, so we'll see. West Virginia or West Virginia has been playing well as of late as well. Texas Tech has been playing well as of late with some big wins. Texas Tech beat, beat Texas uh, earlier uh, in the month. So, you know, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be an easy road. Uh, Big Twelve is is a tough division, top to bottom. Every team is five hundred or better, uh, especially with OU's victory over uh, Kansas State. So we'll see how things shake out. But I really, really like Oklahoma State's chances down the stretch. Kind of look at where they are right now, according to Bracketology. Uh, like I said, I do worry about them matching up with a team against Purdue, which is currently, if they were to win their first-round game, that is who they would face. Uh, because our only guy over seven feet tall is uh, is Cisse. And Purdue is a very big team, of course, led by their seven-foot-four kid. Uh, so that, I mean... That could be a tough matchup. Outside of that, I like the way they match up against Alabama. I, I like the way they match up against Houston. Uh, looking at some of those two seeds. Uh, Texas worries me a bit. We haven't played Texas well this year. Uh, Baylor will be interesting to see how you know how we, we kind of work against Baylor uh, in that matchup. Of course, they beat us pretty bad, but we're kind of a different team since then. And Arizona would be an interesting one. UCLA an interesting as well. So we'll see how things shake out. And I wouldn't put it past Oklahoma State going on a run to end the season if they're to win four or five of these next five games, moving up even higher in the seeding and maybe locking up maybe a five or or a six seed, which could put them in some interesting matchups as well. Um, but but I do I do think they're a prototype of a team that can go on a big tournament run. We'll switch things up a little bit. Let's talk some Oklahoma State softball. And uh, of course, Oklahoma State went three and one in their uh, opening weekend slate down in Mexico. And uh, Kelly Maxwell was a big part of that. In fact, Kelly Maxwell was named the Division One softball pitcher of the week. She went two and zero, gave up no runs, struck out twenty three, only walked two in thirteen innings pitched. Uh, in that matchup against ranked Oregon, that was a big win for Oklahoma State. Um, she pitched a two-hit shutout, and uh, she didn't walk a single batter in 92 pitches as she is into her senior season. Of course, Maxwell coming off a great season last year um, and you know, kind of submitted herself as one of the best pitchers in college softball. She was 21 and 5. She had 313 strikeouts, 20 complete games, 12 shutouts over 189 and two-thirds innings. So we'll see uh, early it looks like she's, you know, continuing that. We'll see how she uh, she looks the rest of the season. Of course, Oklahoma State won both the games she played or she started in uh, 3-0. And uh, now Oklahoma State back in action this week at the Tax Act Clearwater Invitational. And there are some tough matchups for Oklahoma State in that uh, in that little tournament there as uh, 
OSU, who again is three and one, they did fall to Maryland. That was their only loss, so high scoring game. I think they gave up eleven runs, one eleven to six. Uh, but they'll open up Texas A and M. A and M is the only team that they face that isn't receiving votes or isn't ranked in this weekend slate that starts on the sixteenth. So they have a doubleheader: A and M, Nebraska, Nebraska's receiving votes, and then Virginia Tech. So it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with Maxwell. Do you pitch your game one and then pitch your game three? Or do you savor to the Virginia Tech game? Then they've got Louisiana, uh, who is receiving votes coming up on Saturday. And it's a Saturday doubleheader, so Louisiana-Michigan on that Saturday. So Thursday's doubleheader is Texas A&M, A&M, Nebraska. Virginia Tech ranked 8th, a top 10 matchup on Friday, the only game on Friday. And then you've got Louisiana and Michigan coming up on as a doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, early games, uh, 9 a.m. on on Thursday, 9 a.m. on Friday, and 9.30 on Saturday, and then a 3 o'clock and 12.30 game. So those are true doubleheaders. That Louisiana-Michigan is a true doubleheader at 9.30 and 12.30. So those are tough matchups. So those are tough matchups for Oklahoma State. The question is going to be as the season moves along who is the number two number three behind Maxwell and it looks like Lexi Kilfoyle kind of set herself up to uh, be the number two she had a really good outing against North Carolina she went six and a third she didn't give up any earned runs in that game she struck out 12 and uh drove in the runs as well. Uh, Kilfoyle drove in all three of the runs to help herself. She hit the home run in the first inning and then singled to th- uh, single in the fifth inning um, that drove in an RBI as well. So it had all three RBIs and went six and a third. So Kilfoyle, the Alabama transfer, looking like a nice addition to what was already going to be a really good Oklahoma State team. And then after that, it was a bumpy road uh, in that Maryland game. Uh, kind of looking at the, the recap there, Oklahoma State, that was the most runs they gave up um, all weekend. In fact, the starters... Uh, hadn't give up any runs in the other three games. Uh, Kilfoyle went uh, six and a third scoreless. Maxwell uh, went scoreless in both of her outings. Um, but on the other end, it was uh, kind of a, a rough outing for uh, Oklahoma State. Um, no pitcher went more than two and two-thirds innings. Rosenberry went two and a third. Uh, Bailey Runner went two and two-thirds. And uh, Kyra Acock went uh, two innings herself. Uh, Rosenberry gave up one earned run, six runs total. Runner gave up three earned runs, and Acock gave up two earned runs. So trying to figure out that third pitcher they can trust behind Maxwell and Kilfoyle will be big for Oklahoma State softball moving through the rest of the season. In fact, uh, Maxwell, who pitched six innings in the game against uh, Old Miss, um, they brought in Kilfoyle, who got the save in that one. So Kilfoyle and Maxwell combined uh, for the the shutout in that game. And uh, so looking at Oklahoma State, obviously very talented, a lot of high expectations, uh, but it's a little bit uh, interesting after that and, and how they're going to break down uh, with Maxwell and Kilfoyle, who's going to be, uh, which is what the early season says for, figuring all of that out. Um, but Maxwell and Kilfoyle start the year 3-0 uh, and with a 0 ERA 
and uh, the rest of the players are uh, 3 ERA, 7.87 ERA, and a 10.50 ERA. So uh, pitching will be an interesting watch for Oklahoma State this weekend as they have some tough matchups. So it'll be interesting to see who they roll with in those matchups, um, wh- who gets kill- – Kilfoyle goes where. Um, I assume the doubleheader will be Maxwell, Kilfoyle. And then do you do you go um, or do you go with one of those other players against Texas A&M? You go Kilfoyle against Nebraska. You come in and pitch Maxwell uh, against Virginia Tech. You go Maxwell Kilfoyle and use one of those other players against Virginia Tech. And then do you go Maxwell Kilfoyle again on Saturday? So they have that full day off in between those two starts. Um, so that will be interesting to see how that breaks down. And if you plan to use Kilfoyle out of the bullpen too. You got to kind of watch that a bit uh, when you're playing uh, big slates like this uh, through this weekend slate, where you're going to play five games in in three days. So uh, interesting to watch that out of Florida this weekend. Baseball season also starts for the Cowboys this weekend as Oklahoma State, who was picked to finish first in the Big Twelve, will take on the college baseball showdown down in Arlington. They'll take on Missouri on Friday, Vanderbilt on Saturday, and hoping for a little revenge, taking on Arkansas on Sunday. Of course, Arkansas ended their season last year with a 7-3 to loss in the uh, final game of the Stillwater Regional, a game that, again, they would like to make up for. Um, Arkansas was uh, both their losses in that uh, tournament or in that regional, uh, they lost to them uh, 20 to 12 and then 7 to 3. So, uh, some big things for Oklahoma State. Some things to watch. Uh, they've got a duo that landed on the Golden Spikes watch list: uh, Nolan McLean, the uh, two-way player, and Jerron Watts Brown, the transfer from Long Beach State. Uh, so a couple things to watch for Oklahoma State baseball as they get underway again on Friday with a weekend slate of games, part of the college baseball showdown. Uh, interested to see how these develop. I, I've got uh, my eye on the diamond, both softball and baseball, as we wrap up the winter. Of course, the focus right now is on what Oklahoma State basketball will do moving through the rest of February and into March, and then we'll really ramp up through summer or spring and summer coverage of Oklahoma State softball is already off to a good start and then baseball who hopefully gets under a good start this weekend with some tough matchups against uh, some SEC teams uh, in Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. I'm Matt Jordan with the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.